0: real quick, let me pray. God, thank you for this awesome time we can spend together. God, thank you for the worship we just experienced. Man, it really put me in, the, in, in a place in my, my heart where I can, I feel so confident to just bring your word this morning. I, I feel like I spend some time worshiping you, Lord God, and I know we all have felt that way, Lord God, this morning. We're excited to, to hear what you're going to do in our hearts, to, to receive what you have for us. So we just pray, dear God, that our hearts would be opened that we'd be excited about what you're doing in our church, that you'd be excited about what, you're, do, what we're do, you're doing in our individual lives. And Lord God, we pray that you would use us so much more in 2016, that our hearts would be open, that our minds would be open, that our, that our families would be open to hearing what you have to say and what you want to do through us. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so in Luke chapter 2, verses 17 through 20, it says this. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So this morning we're, we're still, we're still in the series, Miracle Moments. In two weeks we're going to a new series. Okay, but this week, the new series is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to be or not to be. And some of you, I know you love this. This is why we're doing it. Some of you like biblical characters. But, you know, if I talk about David and I talk about, you know, Joseph, whatever, you've heard about those characters before. We talk about them all year long. So I found some more obscure characters that most of you have never heard of. Alright? And so a lot of that series is going to be about people like Demas, you know? Don't be like Demas. So I'm excited about the next couple weeks and what God's going to do in our hearts, because the last time we did something like this, like, oh, we talked about Obed-Edom, and people were like, Obed-Edom, what could he teach me? You know? But our lives were transformed by learning about some of these, if you will, minor characters within the Bible that we don't hear so much about. But this morning we're going to continue to talk about this, this, the miracle moments. Christmas has really uh, Christmas Day, if you will. Christmas Day has come to an end. It's you know it's 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 over. You know, boo. Uh, but uh, we still have so much to learn, so much to learn from the miracle of his birth. Because Christmas, you know, the idea of Christmas and the celebration of Christmas is awesome. But the birth of Jesus Christ, theologically, has so much to teach us. So let me share four life-changing realities from what Luke can teach us. Four life-changing realities we learn from Luke. First, in, in chapter two, in Luke chapter two, in verse seventeen, it says it says the shepherds spread the word. Okay, they spread the word. So there's four different things I want you to learn. So get out your pens and everything, write this down. They spread the word. Um, at the time of Jesus. Shepherds were not looked upon too highly. I talked about this last week actually. Said we're going to get into more, a little more depth. Well, shepherds were not looked upon very highly at this time to the people around them. As a matter of fact, if you were a shepherd, you had such a bad reputation that if you were taken into court, your testimony wouldn't hold up in court. It wouldn't really be accepted in the courtroom. Most shepherds were seen as illiterate. They were seen as uneducated. Hated con men, if you will. So you have these, from a cultural standpoint, I'm, not, I'm sure not every single shepherd, but from a cultural standpoint, you know that now you can I can give you a, a job or something. If I say, and I'm not I'm not being political, but if I say, you know, a, a, a politician, you know, some people will go to, oh. They're corrupt, you know, they're all liars, blah, blah, blah. In their minds, you know, they have a 13% approval rating right now in Congress. So if I bring something like that up, that's what you kind of, you have this in your mind culturally, how some people in some different areas of business, for example, or politics, or, you know, the the, the, the services, it doesn't matter. But But the shepherds were seen as these uneducated, these illiterate con men. Which makes this story even more remarkable. Think about that night, okay? Just think, of, think about that night. And think about the story that they would tell. So they're, they're basically in Bethlehem. And, and, and I, want you, I want you to think about this as well. you got that night going on. You think about this. Outside of Mary and Joseph, the only people who knew about the birth of Jesus Christ at that time... Were shepherds. So you think about what they, how they were looked. How the society considered them. What they looked like in the eyes of other people. And then you consider that Mary, other than Mary and Joseph. The shepherds were the only ones. The only people on the planet. Who knew that Jesus Christ has been, had been born. After 400 years of silence. Where God did not speak through the prophets. Now God speaks again through the angels. Through an angel. And it is to shepherds. It's to shepherds. 400 years of silence, God then decides to speak through angels, and He speaks to these lowly shepherds. And what did the shepherds do? Well, the shepherds did what every believer should do. The shepherds started talking about what they had seen and what they had heard. The shepherds started telling their story. They started to spread the word. To talk to, you know, you see the angels come to you and all this happens and, and what do they do? They start to spread the word. The Bible says they spread the word. How could they not? Think about that for a second. Don't get caught up in, oh, Christmas is coming gone. Think about the idea of what we're talking about here. The concept that Jesus Christ has been born. The Messiah had been born. The angels came to you and said, this is what has happened. And they had seen it. And so they start to spread the word. What the shepherds did is what we should all do. What those shepherds did is what every single one of us should do. You think sometimes, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. I'm not in ministry. I don't have the authority. You don't need authority to spread the word. You don't need, the, you don't need authority. You don't need someone's permission. You don't need any human being's permission to share the love of Jesus Christ with those around you. To talk about what God has done in your life. To talk about who he is. And again, what he's done for you. To share your story. I remember when I, when I first became a, a Christian and, and, and I was on a bus with my youth pastor. And I was, I was saying to him, well, how do, I, how do I tell other people what God, you know, what has happened to me? Like, what do I say? What do, I, didn't, I didn't know Like, how do you get, how do you start the conversation? And he said something so profound and so simple. He said, just tell your story. Just tell your story. Tell people who he is. Tell people what he's done for you. Tell your story and then invite them to have their own story. Invite them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, when you have good news, I don't know any single person here in this room when you have good news that you don't want to share it. Right. You want to share it when you have good news. Every single person here wants to share it. That's what you do when you find out something good. If you got something good under the tree this year that you didn't expect to get and you have relatives living in different parts of the country, you call them up and say, you're not going to believe where we're going on vacation. You're not going to believe what I what I what I got. You're not you, you tell that you because it's good news. It's exciting for you. Well, there is no better news than what we're talking about here. And that's what the shepherds did. The shepherds spread the good news. They spread the word. They shared what was going on. What had they had experienced. Can you share what you have experienced in Christ? That's what God is asking us to do to share what Christ has done for us. And we can all do that. Second. They were amazed, it says in in 18, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I'm sure amazed is the understatement to describe the reaction of the people who heard what the shepherds were saying. I mean, amazed would probably be the understatement of the world. All of a sudden, these shepherds, they come and I mean, the this, this story is absolutely incredible. Imagine you're a person and honestly, you're waiting for in the in, in, waiting for the Messiah. You're talking about the Messiah. The Old Testament is leading up to this Messiah. And so you're a shepherd and you've heard them. You've seen these amazing things. And I can guarantee you. That the people who listened to the shepherds did not expect that kind of conversation to come from the shepherds. Okay? Picture this. They weren't these clean, nice, rogue guys with the little can. you know, they're soft spoken. These were rough guys. Remember what I just said culturally? These are the guys, hey, don't, 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 don't talk to that shepherd. If you have a kid, come over here. You know what I mean? Don't talk to him. You don't know what's gonna come out of his mouth. You don't know what he's gonna say, how he's gonna act, how rude he's gonna be, whatever the case may be. But all of a sudden, these guys come to you and they start talking about the glory of God. They start talking about the Messiah. It would be so out of place. And think of what they're saying. We're, just, we're on this hillside. It was, it was in the middle of the night and we were on this hillside. And, and all of a sudden, the, the glory of the Lord just appeared. It, was, it freaked us out. It was overwhelming. I was so frightened. And you could think, these guys take on you know, lions and everything to protect their sheep, right? It was terrifying. And this angel spoke to us and he said, you know, he talked about the this baby being born in Bethlehem and and all the things that all the things around it. It was it was unbelievable. Then a, a choir of angels began to sing. It was un it was unbelievable. Once we realized that we weren't going to get killed by whatever it was that was talking to us, we soaked it all in, and here's what happened. Then we went. That what the angel told us was true, he we went and 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 the king of kings, this this baby was in a in a feeding trough surrounded by animals. It was absolutely incredible. See, if you really, I know we don't take time to do this, but Christmas is absolutely filled with wonder. It's filled with wonder. How could God become man? I mean, just take that one, go home today, sometime this week, take a few minutes, and just ponder that the King of the universe, the one who created all things, loved us so much that he became man. God in the flesh. God with us. That's what Christmas is all about. Maybe you haven't realized it, but that's what Christmas is all about. God with us in Christ. And then, God with us, God becomes man. But then this God chooses to be born to poor, humble parents, and where does he once he's born he's put in a feeding trough surrounded by stinky animals. That's that was that was his choice. It wasn't didn't happen by, you know, just random chance. That's what that's what God chose. We should all be amazed. By the season, absolutely amazed if you manage to go through Christmas, if you, you know, Christmas day is over. OK, so this is the sermon, the sermon after Christmas, the Sunday after Christmas, if you were if you have managed to go through Christmas and not taken the time to pause and think about how how wondrous it all is, how amazing it is, then you've missed the reason for why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. If you haven't taken the time, and it's not its not too late, okay, because December 25th has come and gone. It's not too late to stand back and just pause for a moment and think about how wondrous and awesome and amazing what has happened is. And then reflect on that and take it in. It's not too late. Because if you haven't thought about that, if you haven't paused because of all that's going on, then you've actually missed the reason why we celebrate This time of year, why we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. See, we need to see Christmas through the eyes of our children. You know, the Bible says you have to have faith like a child. And don't don't get me wrong here. OK, I, I I know I know a people that I'm very close to who could go to Harvard and go to Yale and go to and argue the cause of Christ or argue the existence of God to the point where your head is spinning. OK, so I'm not talking intellectually committing suicide because you have faith like a child. Faith. everyone has faith, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian it takes more faith to to believe there's not a God than to believe there is a God just Ponder that for a little while. But we need, to, we, need to, we need to have that kind of, that childlike faith when it comes to Christmas. Because children can still be amazed at the story of the reality of a baby being born in Bethlehem. They can still, they have that wonder. It's why, it's why you love to continue the idea of Santa Claus and things like that. Because you love the wonder in a child's eyes. The truth of Jesus Christ and what he has done. When you tell that story to a child, they still have that wonder. And that's why I'm saying we have to we have to see Christmas through the eyes of a child. We should teach our children why Jesus came. Right. You need to teach your children why Jesus Christ came to earth. Teach them that theology and then let them teach us. The wonder of what Christmas is all about. Kind of learn from each other. Teach them why Jesus came and then be a student, okay? And watch them and remember the wonder. Take in that wonder as they as they listen and their eyes are lit up and they and they they, they actually see things for what they are. And somehow we've become a little skewed sometimes and don't really see it for what it is. Third, they pondered God's truth, but Mary treasured of all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 19, the word treasured has the has the idea of counting things up. OK, that word treasured. It's almost like making a list. You're treasuring things. You're pondering things. Okay, it's pondering, treasuring. So you're treasuring these things up. So you're counting these things up. And you're making a list so that you don't forget. You don't want to forget. So you're you're consciously thinking it through. The word pondered goes deeper, if you will, than wondering. You know, you're wondering about something. Pondering something and wondering about something are not the same. It it, it, it meant to take this idea of pondering, okay, treasuring and then pondering. It it means to take the events as you have laid them out in your memory. You take the events and as you've laid them out in your memory, then go beneath the surface. You want it, you want it. You have them in your mind the way you've laid them out in your memory. Then go go beneath the surface and try to understand what it all means. Try to understand what it all means for my life personally and why it happened the way it did. So Mary, says, has treasured these things and pondered these things. So she she took them and she put them in in her memory. Then she went below the surface and then she was wondering and pondering, why did this happen? Why did it happen to me? Why did it happen this way? She was thinking it through. It's more than just eh, passing thought. Oh yeah, a little yeah, I went to the nativity scene and then I saw the little people sitting there with those staffs and everything, and Jesus was laying a little pondering. She pondered it. I'm sure Mary pondered, if if we can think about this, Mary pondered what the angel Gabriel said to her. And then she was pondering, going through this in her mind, okay, I'm just this normal teenage girl, and 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 then this angel comes to me and tells me this, and then she's pondering maybe. What would joseph his reaction when he found out that she was pregnant, pondering through that now that now that the baby 's there and, and, and she 's seeing kind of the glimpses of what this is all about, and then she 's going back and walking through it in her mind and i 'm sure Joseph was thinking about what pondering through. When he found out that she was pregnant and his initial reaction, his emotions, and you could imagine what he was going through. And then he had that amazing dream that told him everything's going to be okay. And then I'm sure they were both pondering what it was, the experience of going from Nazareth to Bethlehem, that long, challenging journey that they were on. And I'm sure they were thinking, can you imagine? You know what I'm talking about? That when you first time you held your child the first, or, or something amazing happened in your life and all of a sudden your mind... Mind goes back and, and you start going through man, what led up to this moment? What led up what and then and then Mary I'm sure started thinking about what is what is my life going to be like going forward? What is what is my child's like life going to be like going forward? I'm sure those are the kind of things that were going through her mind. Why would why would God you know you'd ask this question, right? Mary, Mary is a person. Why would God choose me? Think about that. I'm sure Joseph thought the same thing. He was going to be the father of the Messiah. Why would, why would God choose a simple man like me? Mary, why would... And you think about Mary being so young. She didn't even have a lot of life experience, if you will, to draw upon. So you can imagine now the baby's laying in this feeding trough and she's just processing. It says that she pondered all these things up. Let me tell you something: pondering is hard work. And that's why most people never do it. People don't want to ponder. I think people this is Jeff Gurr's opinion. and I think I'm absolutely correct. OK, people don't like to stop and ponder or or or. Or consider or dwell, if you will. I don't mean dwell in a bad way, but in even a good way. People run around. You ever see people run around? Go, 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 go. go. And right before they go to bed, they have to drink something to make sure they go to bed real quick. They sleep really quickly. Like i got to relax very quickly because I don't want to think about anything while I'm laying in bed. You know why? Because they can't deal with what's in their hearts and minds. They don't like, people don't like. She ponder these things up. People don't ponder... Because it's too difficult to do in most people's lives. They don't want to. They don't want to consider and ponder and think through. Ravi Zacharias talks a lot about the soft pillow approach. You get something in your mind, people say, Oh, there's no God. Oh, this whole Christmas thing. I love CNN. Okay, you know why I love CNN? Because I can always count on CNN on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day doing some documentary on the baloney of Jesus Christ. What a crock it was. I'm making that up, but it's just the same. Okay? Fiction. Fact or fiction. of course, they get all these experts who don't know the Lord at all, okay, who are theologians, who know the Bible from front to front to cover, but don't know God, have no relationship with God whatsoever, have some kind of issue because their grandfather was a pastor, hit them when they were younger, and now they hate. But they know, oh, they know the Bible. And they get them on there to talk about how ridiculous the whole thing was and how it didn't happen, and it's baloney. We don't like to ponder. We don't like to think sometimes. Because maybe our lives are not where they should be. Maybe we're not doing the things that really God has called us to do. Maybe you don't, we don't, we've decided, oh, there's no God. But you know, you don't want to lay in bed and think about it. You, know, you really don't. Because if you do, you realize that without God, there is no purpose and meaning in life whatsoever. Please, if you want to become a Christian, read Atheists. Read books written by old atheists, not new atheists, okay? Old atheists, like Russell and Nietzsche. Read them. You want to build your faith? Read them. Because they are honest, and they say they have pondered these things. They have pondered these things. and come to the conclusion, if there is no God, there is absolutely no meaning and purpose in life. That's why people don't like to ponder. But Mary pondered. She pondered. And what better time for us to ponder, my friends, than the end of December? When we have the, the, all of the year behind us, and we can ponder, we can think through what, what God is trying to teach us. What we learned in 2015, and then what God wants us to do with what he's taught us in 2015 and 2016. What has God taught me? And if you're thinking, I don't know, I haven't taught me anything, you haven't pondered. You haven't, you haven't, you didn't sit down and think about it. You haven't processed through. You haven't taken the time to shut everything else out and just process all of that through. In your bulletin, I want you to grab your bulletin. If you don't have one, I'll get you. Grab one on the way out. You need your bulletin, okay? Because I wrote this down because I didn't want to just preach it, and then you're going to forget what I say. But if you have it in writing, it'll really help you. In your bulletin, there's an insert. And it says, here, are, here is a simple exercise that can help you do some serious reflection before 2016 arrives. First one says, set aside a few hours of time to ponder set aside a few hours of time to ponder i don't have a few hours baloney you don't have a few hours make time stop with the excuses you don't have a couple hours yes you do you have you have time to do what you want to do and i'm asking you as your pastor to set aside a couple hours to ponder to ponder right find a place where you can be alone be alone. Get out. Don't, don't do it in a coffee shop. or whatever. Get in a place where you can absolutely, positively be alone. Turn off the computer. Turn off your cell phone. Turn off your TV. Turn off the radio. Turn off the CD player. Turn off any i anything that you have. Get, get it out of there. Don't bring it in with you. Begin with a prayer asking God to show you the things he wants you to learn. What does God want me to learn? Then make a top ten list. Ask yourself, what are the top 10 things that have happened in my life in 2015? It can be the events that have happened to you or uh, to you personally or things that have happened to others that have had a major impact on your life. What happened to you in 2015? What did you learn? What what what, ha- what like what events took place in your life that you want to take time to reflect upon that you want to take time to ponder? Now, those events I, I wrote down, you can be good or bad victories or defeats it doesn't matter see as you look at the list ask God to show you a pattern here's what I want a pattern in your life okay you're looking at all these events have there been patterns in your life maybe people maybe from in 2015 maybe before people have been saying something to you whatever else maybe that's become a pattern so look for patterns in your life look for different look for different patterns And then ask yourself, what is God trying to teach me? What lessons seem to come up over and over and over again? This is hard because you don't want sometimes you're like, la, 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 I don't want to hear from you, God, la, la, you know what I mean? (laughs) We don't want to hear it, but think about it, okay? I want you to think about this. Got to ask yourself, you know, what is God trying to teach me? Okay, what is God trying to teach me? What lessons seem to come up over and over and over again? What have I learned about myself? They can be positive things or negative things. What have you learned about God this year? Ask God for wisdom. Where do you think God is leading you in 2016? Because what you want to do, honestly, you want to ponder through all these things. You want to look for patterns in your life. You want to see if things have come up. What has God been trying to teach you over and over? What events keep happening? What themes keep coming up? Maybe that's something you need to work on. That's what God does. He brings things up. Why do you, why do, you do that with your children? You say, well, i like, God's really on me all the time. No. Fathers who love their children, that's what they do. Mothers and fathers who love their children. If your kid keeps on doing something, what do you do? Over, you tell them, how many times, right? Come on. How many times do I have to tell you? See, we do that. We're justified, right? God does that. and like, I don't understand. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what he's talking about, Right? God's like, how many times do I have to tell you, right? That's okay. He'll keep telling you. He loves you. He loves you. But you've got to ask yourself, how many times does God have to tell me before I start working on this in my life? So I want you you have that with you. If you don't have the bolt and grab one, it's in there, okay? Um, and make sure you look at that and take the time to do that. See, but I believe if we open our hearts to God's leading, it'll give us incredible insight, into the past, really, it'll give you incredible insight into your past, and it'll also do something else that is, I think, as important or more important. It'll give you hope for the future. You look at Sometimes you don't want to look at your past, but you know what? You need to deal with it. But then you also need to, it gives you if, you, if you do what I'm asking you to do, it'll give you incredible hope for the future. Because you know God says, you're not going to do this alone. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I'm with you in this. We'll do this together. We'll work through those issues that someone inflicted upon your life together. We'll get through this. It may take a while, but we'll get through it together. Because I'm going to be with you. Your holy, The Holy Spirit is in you. Jesus Christ will give you the power of his resurrection to work through these things. And it will, it will not be easy, but he will give you the power to do it. You don't have to do it alone. So Mary pondered all the things that God was doing in her life. That was a pattern I think we should, a health, that is a healthy pattern that I think we should all follow. Mary pondered these things in her heart. That is a healthy pattern, in, not just for two hours like I told you, but I think it's something we should do on a regular basis. Pondering through, treasuring these things up, and pondering through what we need to do. It's healthy for us to do. Number four, last one. They glorified God. <laughs> They glorified God. The shepherds returned, glorifying and and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Verse 20. Okay. Verse 20 tells us the shepherds were transformed by their experience. Okay. These guys were transformed by their experience. I think maybe you know some people like this, where people are just completely, you think, they would never have a relationship with Christ. They would never talk about God. They they don't want anything to do with God. And all of a sudden, you meet them a few years later, as a friend, or 20 years down the road, you, you find them on Facebook or something else, and the person's talking about, and you're thinking, how on earth... The shepherds' lives were totally when they when they were when they experienced God. There's a difference between religion and relationship. There's a difference between coming to church and experiencing God. There's a difference between being entertained and being and worshipping God. There's a difference. When you experience when you worship God, you are transformed. Their lives and they were transformed by their experiences. One day they're in the fields, right? Doing their thing, watching their sheep, and then something miraculous happens to them. Something transformational happens to them, and guess what? Guess what? And then the next day they're back in the fields with their sheep. So they're in the fields, they're transformed, they're in the fields. They're back doing what they had always done, but now, but now, they had this passion for God in their hearts. They have this passion for God that says they were filled with praise. They were praising and glorifying God. So these guys who once were seen as whatever, now, I'm sure, the, I'm sure their conversations were totally different when they were hanging out, right, uh, with the other shepherds. Totally different. They were glorifying and praising God. Their lives had been totally transformed. This is important. This is really important. The Bible doesn't say that these guys, when they heard this message, they ran to the temple, glorifying and praising God. They went to the temple and told all the other religious people about what had happened to them. That would have been fine. I'm not saying it would have been wrong. Okay. But that's not what the Bible says. It says they returned. They returned. Returned where? To where they had come from. They went back to their job. They went back to their job, but with a different attitude, with a different spirit. They went back. God did something transformational in their life, and then they went back to where they had come from. They returned with a different attitude, a different spirit, a different heart. See, you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? You know, I'm going with this because we in our church, especially when it comes to marketplace ministry and how we live our lives day to day, what we do every single day. Christmas Day ends for all of us. Christmas Day ends for everybody. Soon you'll be taken down the tree. I know it's sad. And you'll be taken down the ornaments and you'll be taken down the decorations and you'll be taken down all this stuff. And soon that will that part of Christmas, if you will. Will be over. That thing, that stuff your aunt gave you, you're gonna re-gift that next year. Just put it in the closet and you're gonna that. Don't worry about it. How many people here are re-gifters? Come on, liars. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, come on. Somebody give you something you don't want. You don't want to just let it go to waste. Give it to someone else and they can re-gift it. So um, so you're, so, and, and in a week, think about this. Your kids are gonna be back at school, right? Life is going to go, quote, back to normal. But we can be changed. We can be transformed by Christmas. We've got to ask ourselves, will I be changed by Christmas? Will I be changed? Will I be transformed by the miracle of the, the moments that we have seen in the birth of Jesus Christ? Will, will that transform my life Will I will, will will that will that change me into a different person or will two thousand and sixteen be business as usual? Are we gonna be honestly we go through these series and we talk about the miracle of the moment, the miracle of the method, the miracle of this, miracle we talk about the miracle of what happened? My question to you is, you know, I mean, as we have one more week of, of in this series, But is this series, are we going to take this series and is it going to change us for 2016? Are the miracle moments going to make a difference in our lives? Are the things that we talked about going to transform us? Are we going to live out what God called us to live out? For the shepherds, their lives were totally transformed. The fields were the same. The sheep were the same. All those things were the same. When they went back, when they went back, Things were the same, but they were not the same. They were different. They were transformed. They went back with a passion and a zeal and enthusiasm and joy with a peace and a contentment that they had never had before. They went back and they were different. They had a deep love for God in their hearts. Just think about this. See, we say that Christmas, people say, well, Christmas comes once a year. You're absolutely, I totally agree. Christmas comes once a year. If you're talking about Santa Claus and you're talking about elves and you're talking about trees and presents and eggnog, you're talking about mistletoe and all those cool things. I'm not, I'm not ripping them. I'm just saying it comes, those things, you're absolutely correct. Those things come once a year. But the miracle of the moment, the miracle of Jesus Christ's birth is something that we should carry in our hearts because it is part of the gospel. They spread the word. It's not Christmas is not just the baby's born in Bethlehem. Yay. Move on to the next next holiday. New Year's. It's something that lives in us. It's, some, it's who we are. Twenty-four hours a day, they took it back with they returned with what? With what they knew in their hearts to be true. They returned. The miracle of the moment can transform our lives. The miracle of the birth of Jesus Christ can be transformational transformational. And it can and it can live. In us, like it lived in the shepherds when they went through all those experiences. It can live in our hearts. Listen, if we leave here and we take it with us and we return to school, we return to our jobs, we return to our neighborhoods, we return to wherever we come from. It can be real to us if we take it with us. We ponder And we return and we take it with us. We take the transformation that happened in our lives with us and we invest that in every area of our lives. Listen, this is is interesting. Christmas didn't change the circumstances of the shepherds. It, It didn't. It didn't change their circumstances. They returned. What it changed was their hearts in a very profound way. And because it changed them, because it changed, the, because it transformed them, they went back into their places of work, to their daily routine, but with a different heart and a different attitude. Your circumstances may not have changed since two weeks ago, but maybe you have. Maybe through this experience, Maybe the things that through the things that we've been talking about, you have changed and you need to return to your place of work, to your school, to your neighborhood, to whatever activities you're involved in, to the field, to the court. You need to return with a different attitude, a different heart, a different spirit, with more enthusiasm. You know what's cool about enthusiasm? It means entheos. God in it's seeing God in different situations that makes you that's where the root word comes from you're enthusiastic why because God in in theos you see God in certain situations this is what the shepherds did now they saw God in what they were doing how about us do we see God can God work at at Procter & Gamble or at your business? Can God work in your school through you? Can God work on the court through you and how you play and how you, what, kind of, what kind of spirit you have on the court, on the field? Can God use you the way he used the shepherds? The answer is absolutely, positively yes. Their situation didn't change. But the miracle of Christmas, the miracle of Christmas changed them. We need to glorify God. We need to truly glorify God in whatever we do. And those miracle moments of Christ's birth will take the ordinary of our lives, the ordinary situations of our lives and make them extraordinary. That is what I want you to walk away understanding. Please understand this. Please don't forget this. You can leave this place and the miracle... Of what Jesus Christ has done. The miracle of God sending his son. The miracle of accepting that into your life. Can transform you. And if you are transformed. It doesn't matter if your circumstances change. You are changed. And when you walk back into your circumstances. When you walk back into those places. Then they are changed. You bring transformation just by who you are. And things that were mundane, things that seemed boring, things that seemed insignificant, all of a sudden bring have significance because you bring Christ into those things. That is the miracle of the birth of Jesus Christ. That is the miracle of what we're talking about. It's not just for one day a year we celebrate, but we celebrate his existence in our hearts every single day. Of this entire year. Let's pray. Father God. Thank you so much. For this time. That we can spend together. Thank you for the opportunity. Lord God. To to know your truth. And I pray dear God. Not one of us. Would leave this place. Without truly understanding. Who you are. And the impact. That you can have. In every single one. Of our lives. We love you. We praise you. We give you this time. And pray dear God. That we would leave this place. Enthusiastic. Because we see you in every situation and circumstance of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' powerful, life-transforming name we pray. Amen. Have a great, great week. Happy New Year.